from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. I hope everybody's doing well out there this morning and enjoying your life. you got to make the most of it. I hope you're having fun. I hope you listened to me and made the most of yesterday as well and had a good time yesterday hanging out enjoying what's going on in this and that. I said, you know, even though it's raining, you got to enjoy your life. You got to make the most of it. So you got to appreciate the rain. You know, like I said, go see a movie, curl up, be with be with your lady or your gentleman, you know, hang out with the dog, see your mom, see your dad, call your grandparents, go hang out with them, you know, have a good time at work, a pre, you know, put your favorite sweatshirt on, whatever it may be to get you through feeling negative and and not being positive about what was going on out there because I don't mind the rain and I don't mind the cold because to me, every day that I get to wake up is another chance to say thank you to God. It's another another blessing. So I'm not going to waste that and you shouldn't either. God bless to each and every single one of you and I appreciate you. And I thank you. Uh, somebody who is who went to school with me, uh, I definitely, definitely, definitely uh, appreciate her. Jen Doyle, she just put a message out this morning. She put, fighting cancer is one of the hardest things I have done. Some days it's all I can do to get out of bed. With each new day, I gain more weight. I lose more hair and my mood swings are terrible. But today I was gifted with being here at the presence of God. And the presence of God is so strong at the beach for me. I just know I am going to come out of this better. I may not look like me or feel like me, but I feel God and I heard him loud and clear with a heart. And she is at the beach with these beautiful and undeniably natural rushing waves. So we love you, Jen. You keep fighting. You win this thing. And everybody that's in the fight, I pray and I hope for each and every single one of you to to win this, to overcome this, and to be to be better because of it. It's all gonna work out. It's all gonna work out. And I feel bad that, you know, people go through what they go through. Any of us go through what we go through. You know. But to me, I just, I do. I believe that it's all going to work out. And I believe it's all going to be okay. And I have nothing but faith and hope and appreciation for everybody that's out there fighting and, and everybody that's that's trying to do the best they can. It doesn't have to be cancer. It could be asking that person out you're afraid to ask out. It could be acing that test that you're trying to ace. It could be, you know, walking. You know, it could be learning how to walk with... You know, with with a leg that was, you know, surgically given to you. I was I was on a plane recently, and um, when I was on the plane, there was somebody that was there that you know that was right in front of me that had lost one of their legs, and so they had the the medical 
leg and they I don't want to call it a robotic leg but they they had you know obviously a, a leg that's that was you know given to them and surgically put there and I just thought to myself you know everything that I say in my life is so hard and I can't do this and I can't do that I'm not going to be able to you know overcome this or overcome that and then I see that and I see somebody that's fighting so hard every single day. And he looked totally fine. He's standing foot over foot, you know, just waiting to get off the plane, just kind of hanging out. And he he looks normal, absolutely normal, like he had gotten used to it, like this is his leg and this is his life. You know, and I don't know if he goes home and cries. I don't know if he punches the wall. I don't know if this is something that makes him sad. I hope it doesn't. But, you know, we look at our lives and... We complain about all the all the things that bother us, right? People's words bother us, and their actions bother us, and we don't like the way that they treat us and the way they talk to us, and I can't believe they'd say that or they'd do that, and I feel threatened, and I feel scared, and I feel frustrated. I'd rather feel threatened, scared, and frustrated for the rest of my life than not have my leg, than, you know, be, you know, mentally handicapped and, and to know that, you know, I need help throughout my life. I mean, we don't think about how hard it is for some people who have things happen that don't ask that. You know, they, they don't ask to be born with, you know, any type of, of mental block or, you know, physical block or to go to war and lose a leg or, you know, to lose it for some other reason, from an infection or something like that. You know, nobody nobody asks for that. Nobody desires that. But damn it if it isn't beautiful. You know, and when I see somebody that's, and forgive me because I don't know the words, mentally mentally handicapped or mentally able or, or whatever the, the correct political whatever is now. You know, it's no disrespect. I appreciate them all tremendously. And, and the thing that's crazy is that, you know, the people that are, you know, mentally handy, able, or, or however it is said now, they're some of the nicest, kindest, happiest people I've ever met in my life. And it makes me so happy to see them happy. Because those of us that are born like the average Joe, what do we do, you know? We complain, we complain, we complain, we complain, we complain, we complain. And yet, there are people that are born with, with this and that, and it doesn't stop them, it doesn't block them, it doesn't halt them, it doesn't hold them down. And they are such a tremendous message to us, a, a message to live life to the fullest, to be appreciative, to love everything you have, love it all. And I do the same thing. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, I'm 100% scot-free. I haven't, you know, I've always lived life to the fullest and I've never let anything bother me. You know, that's not the case at all. It's not the case at all. But when I wake up, I need to do a better job of going, I got all my toes. I got all my fingers. I got my back. I got my arms. I got my legs. I have my eyes. I have my ears, my nose, my mouth. I have the ability to get up and do whatever I want to do. I work for myself. I love myself. I appreciate myself. You know, there's a lot to be said about just making the most of your life and to stop complaining and just live. 
today, tomorrow, and the next day. Just li- just live. Just just give it up to God. Just live your life. Just live it. To the best of your ability, just live it. You know, we always talk about, well, I'm going to live it when this happens, and I'm going to live it when that happens. No. Absolutely not. You're going to live it right now, no matter what happens. And I want to let it be known here. Uh, Coach Q is obviously somebody I always appreciate having on the show, and and Coach puts up a lot of inspirational things. He just put this up. As you grow as a coach, things you used to tolerate become become intolerable. You realize that you don't have to speak to be heard. You learn that winners are never absent in the big moments. Malcontents and complainers are the ones who can't do it. You begin to value every moment to stop feeding your distractions and energy sappers. Value every moment in your life. Every single one of them. I mean that. With that being said, let's hop into the morning menu. Get you ready for the show. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu proudly brought to you by all of our great partners at Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You can check them all out by going to wakeupcalldt.com and see them on the homepage. Click on their logos and get all the information you need to get on them. Addresses, phone numbers, what they offer you and how you can get in touch with them. Easy here in central and upstate New York. Easy and stress-free and uh, great people in the community. Speaking of great people in the community and companies that we're happy to work with, we have officially were, you know, signed on a partnership to work with the Syracuse Stallions. They've signed on with us. We've signed on with them. And months ago, you know, we started rolling the ball out with this thing, speaking with Daywan Coleman about it, speaking with Mike Sugamoso on the show about it, uh, repeatedly having Jimmy Evans on the show as well. And uh, we're very, very excited about the upcoming season. Believe it or not, folks, it is at the end of this month. The first home game is at the end of October, which is crazy to think of. Practice has already begun, and there's so many positive things coming up with this Syracuse Stallions inaugural season. Their home games are at Manlius Pebble Hill. The rivalries are going to right themselves because these games are upstate New York teams and Northeast teams. So this is going to be an instant, could be some instant classics on the court and an instant way for you to connect with pro basketball that's here in Syracuse, New York for the first time in seemingly forever. So there's so much good coming from this. Mike knows I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get into this season. Can't wait to talk about it. So I'm not going to waste any time here. The first part of the morning menu will proudly feature Mike Sugamosto of the Stallions live on the line. Mike, how are we doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. And Mike, you know, first and foremost for me, just what you can say about getting a practice and, you know, getting this team set and ready to go for the season. Now that it's 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 officially official, so to speak. Just what that's been like for you? Uh, it's been a long wait, but just to get the guys hitting the floor uh, Monday night was was a great feeling. Um, it, it means we're itching and getting close. Um, bringing all these guys together from all different backgrounds and um, 
different talent levels, different experiences, and seeing it all work the way it did was honestly very shocking. Um, these guys look like they've been playing together for a long time. Um, I was a little nervous about chemistry um, just because of levels of play. And, I mean, from the tryout, it was hard to really judge their decision-making because guys were there to prove themselves. So, But to see it all work gets me very, very excited, even more excited than I was. So when you see it, you know, practice has officially begun. You've you officially opened the doors here in October in preparation for the season. So what were some of those takeaways? I mean, we're going to get into some of the things that, that you had sent over to me and, and definitely discuss this, but just what you can say about, you know, what you've seen so far, kind of the big picture of these guys coming together, like you said, the chemistry being better than maybe you thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I mean – I knew we had a great team. I mean, looking at our roster on paper, we are deep from 1 through 11 guys. Um, even our reserves could be on this team starting. They could be on any team. Um, there's a ton of depth. Um, but what had stood out most to me was our defensive effort. I mean, it's the first practice. Anyone who's co- coached college or professionally knows that the energy is there. Everyone's just excited to be there. But I have faith in this team that they're going to carry it on and, and keep that consistent effort and keep that consistent energy um, but defensively, I mean, we were making things hard for our offense to score. And it's not that we have bad scores or bad playmakers. It was just tough to get a bucket off. Um, the speed is much faster. Um, everything is quicker. So my main takeaway was defense was super strong. Um, and we're definitely going to cause some problems for some teams. Um, so that should that's, that's our main thing right now is defense. And when you when you say that, you know, obviously defensively you want to be strong in, in that respect. You know, like you said, you you brought in players from all different walks of life, different places, you know, from Syracuse, Rochester, Albany, New York City, and whatnot. To have all these teams come together and play in, the, in your defensive scheme, you wrote a note to me that you are a strong defensive team. Rarely did anyone get by the on-ball defender with the dribble. If that happened, the guards were in with – we're in with the trees who did an excellent job protecting the basket. Guys seem to be in excellent shape. Just what you can say to go a, a little bit deeper into bringing these players from different places to be on this team and to establish that defense because in the world of basketball, collegiately we see it, but you know when it comes to pro basketball and you're, you're playing pro basketball with this, there's typically a I'm going to outscore you, no I'm going to outscore you. So bring me into the importance of the defense and just a little bit more about that. Well, the thing with our team is everybody comes from different playing styles, um, different defensive schemes and things like that. Um, one of our assistant coaches, Tim Marshall, is heading up our defensive schemes and, and our, I guess, rotations and things like that. Um, and I've seen a lot of ABA basketball I've watched, and not a lot of teams play defense. So the teams that play defense, um, it, it leads to so much more in the offensive end. And especially in the ABA, good defensive teams have a tendency to score because there's a rule in the ABA that – if there's a turnover in the backcourt um, in a certain amount of time that's left on the clock, a red um, light goes off that increases your score by one point. So you make a layup, it's now worth three points. If you make a three-pointer, it's now worth four. So we're trying to use that to our advantage. I mean, we have great shot blockers that can get it out in transition after they block a shot, and we can get a bucket right away. Um, we have excellent on-ball defenders that really will make um, lead point guards or off-the-ball guards kind of panic and struggle, I guess. Um, just to see it all, I, I mean, I knew we had a great roster. I knew what these guys had, but putting it all together, 
um, defensively, we're going to be a problem. That coming from Mike Sugamosto of the Syracuse Stallions. You had uh, made also some notes here of me. You said you were impressed with Cornelius Vines, uh, Mickey Davis, Cameron Dobbs, and Charles B. Coates. Everyone was great. Both uh, everyone was great. Both those uh, the both of, of those uh, you know everybody that stood out that you were talking about made great plays, knocked down shots when open. So just what you could say about, you know, your, your mentioning of these guys specifically, Vines, Davis, Dobbs, and B. Coates, why that was, you know, in your report to me, so to speak, about practice so far. Yeah, um, Cornelius um, has, has a strong past professional experience, so he brings a ton of leadership to us. Um, he's a great scorer, but I saw him kind of step out of his comfort zone of just scoring and he was making plays left and right for guys in transition, making the extra pass. Um, and then when it comes to knocking down open shots, I can count on him. If you give him the ball and defense is nowhere in sight, probably eight out of 10 times it's going in. Um, Mickey Davis. I mean, he, I got to say he's probably the best shooter in Syracuse right now. Um, if there was a four point line, we'd be getting four points on those shots. Um, I, I confidently can count on him. To catch the ball in transition if he's trailing the play, catch a ball from point guard, pull up three, and, and, and we're going to have three points. Um, Charles B. Coates is from Rochester. He played ABA for the Rock City Ravens, um, and he just brings us another level of leadership. He um, is a Division II player from Mansfield University. He plays both ends of the ball. I mean, defensively, he's one of our strongest on-ball defenders, and it turns into so much for him in transition on offense. Um, there were several times in practice, and, and this guy just got off strep. He had strep throat. He's like, Mike, I don't know how much I can go. And he crushed it. I mean, in transition, he was tapping the ball out in front and making layups. Um, and, and it really motivated guys to step up their level of defense. So these guys are pushing each other. And then um, who was the last one? What was the fourth one? I can't remember. Uh, Cameron you, Dobbs. Yep, yep. Dobbs, yeah. Cameron actually is a reserve of ours. So he played at Mississippi Valley State and then transferred to AIC, which is a Division II school. Um Cam wanted to try out for us, never ended up showing up because of transportation. He's from Albany. So this is the first time I've seen this guy play, and um, he should be on this team. I mean, any team could use this guy. Um, he's left-handed. He's six foot. He can shoot. He makes plays. Um, I was impressed with him mostly because I honestly haven't seen him before. And he walked right into this gym with a bunch of guys that he knows and doesn't know, and he fit right in. So – Thinking about in the long run, if if things happen and I need to move in another guy, it'll be Dobbs. Speaking here with Mike Sugamoso of the Syracuse Stallions, just what you can say, like you said, about building that depth that some of these reserve guys, you know, have the opportunity to, to move up for you and that you have talent outside of the guys that you currently have on the roster. Just Just what you could say about, you know, overall how hard it was to put that roster together and that you do have some people waiting in the wings like Dobbs if need be. Yeah, it was a challenge. Um, trying to find the right balance. Um, our main thing, I, I mean, going from talking to our coaches, we want to have shooters on the floor at all times. Um, and looking at some lineups that we can play, we can have four shooters on the floor at sometimes, even five, um, which really gives us a chance to space the floor and kind of give fans what they want to see, who doesn't want to see threes, who doesn't want to see dunks. I mean, if you don't want to see that stuff, I don't know what what you're there for because that's what you're going to get with ABA basketball. Um, 
we don't have much height. I will say that, but the athleticism really puts you at, makes you feel like a big player. We have Jamal Stanley who played at SUNY Old Westbury, was a two-time All-American, and the guy can jump out the gym. He's probably six three, six four, and with a forty-inch vertical. So he's a high flyer. Um, he's built like a, uh, he's built like a machine. So in putting it all together, I'm happy to say that we have everybody that we want. Uh, and we could contract everybody we wanted um, and we made it all work. So it, it makes things even more exciting to see that going into it. We have the guys that um, everyone that we contracted, we got. And you also, one of those guys that you wanted uh, Daywan Coleman, you told me that he looks healthy, participated in full practice, didn't seem winded or held back by any injury. You could tell that that he took the time to develop a jump shot to be able to stretch the floor if given space by a defender. Just what you could say about Daywan so far. Everyone's first question is, what kind of shape is he in? How are his knees? And um, he's taken the time. He's been working with Stan Kessel, the former strength and conditioning coach from Syracuse University, and um, he's put in the time. He's got to be 250 pounds and just lean. Um, it, He's taking a lot of pressure off his knees by losing that weight. Um, he's in excellent shape, getting up and down the floor. There was not a time where he ran free throw line to free throw line. He was block to block, um, full sprint. And we've got some fast guys, um, and he was keeping up with them. So it's. I hope people can invest and in, in kind of trust what we're saying, that he's in shape, but um, he's going to prove it. And he, uh, he had some great face-up pull-ups and stuff like that with a defender giving him space. Um, his shot looks phenomenal, honestly. So I'm really excited for him to prove himself and show his worth. And and when we see this, like like you said, you know, I, you know, putting this team together and having all these pieces and having a guy like Daywan on the team and, and whatnot to speak on the coaching staff and you know just just you know to let people know who don't know you know who this coaching staff is and just to bring people you know, into the, the uh, you know, is some knowledge about who these guys are that are going to be training these gentlemen that are training these gentlemen for this upcoming professional season. Yeah, so we our head coach is Pete Dordas. Um, Pete's a Janesville DeWitt guy. His son played at JD and then went on to walk, at Sy- walk on at Syracuse. Um, Pete's coached at OCC. Um, and then he's also played at OCC. He then went on to play in Greece. So he's got that professional feel. He knows what it takes as a player. And now he's translating that as a coach. Um, our assistant coach is Tim Marshall. Tim uh, played at Mexico High School, then went on to Oswego State. Had an ex- exceptional career at uh, Oswego State and then jumped on staff there. And then after Oswego State, um, he coached basketball at Beville. So he's got 30 years under his belt of just experience. Um, he's a defensive guru. He works with our bigs. Um, so both of those two are a great mix. And then our third assistant is uh, Vondell Brantley from Syracuse. He played at Wells College. Um, he scored over 1,000 points. So he's going to be working with our guards here and there. Um, he's a big body guard, so he's left-handed. So if, if we ever have to work on posting up a guard, he's going to jump right in there with the guys. So this, the staff is well-experienced and um, a great wealth of knowledge, and, and they're respected. Um, I didn't want a coach to come in that was going to be walked over or um, – talked over spoken over um but pete has demanded respect right away and it's it's been given 
That coming from Mike Sugamosto, Syracuse Stallions. I don't know a better way to end our conversation today than say, you know, he asked for respect and respect is given as they look for respect here as they grow in the ABA and look for their opportunities in their inaugural season to make a path for themselves toward greatness. We, I know we're going to be talking a lot, Mike. There's a lot of stuff coming up, so it is with a great pride and appreciation that I say welcome to the Wake Up Call family, and let's get yes, it done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I look forward to talking with you soon, and I'll see you out of practice very soon as well. All righty. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Thank you. You too. Thanks. That coming from Mike Sugamosto once again of the Syracuse Stallions. We'll take a quick step aside. We're coming back with 2019 Syracuse football commit. Dorian Hewitt. Dorian Hewitt, a safety from North Shore in Houston, Texas, joins me for the first time ever on Wake Up Call right after this. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is, is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant, it's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your events, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. 
Back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora here on WakeUpCallDT.com and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Listening in every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. It is an honor and a privilege to have Dorian Hewitt on the show. Safety, who has committed to Syracuse in the 2019 incoming class. And he is out of Houston, Texas. Very happy to have him on here from North Shore. Dorian, how you doing today? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing well, Dorian. And and first and foremost, before we get into anything about your recruitment and, and this and that, I got to ask you. You and I talked about it for a second off the air, but you saw that Syracuse Clemson game on television. Just what you could tell me about, despite Syracuse losing the game by four, just what that game showed you about where Syracuse is at right now. That game showed me that Syracuse does not quit, no matter what time, no matter how. That's the opponent is. Thank you for going to fight and keep going and try to get through. So you saw that no quit mentality by the team. Have you seen anything like this in paying attention to them in the past, or is this the best they've looked to you since you've been kind of paying attention to them? Uh, last year when they upset at Clemson, obviously Syracuse is Clemson's fear. So I saw that and I was proud of it. So you believe that moving forward from here that Syracuse has created a little bit of fear with Clemson? Yes, sir. And that coming from Dorian Hewitt here with us from North Shore in Houston, Texas. Dorian, you are coming in, obviously, as a defensive back to Syracuse at the safety position. One of the guys that just came in, Andre Sisco, as well as Trill Williams, they're true freshmen that have not only gotten onto the team, but they've gotten playing time right away and they've gotten interceptions and immediately affected the team. What is watching some of these true freshmen show you about opportunity at Syracuse? They're showing me that whenever I get the opportunity to go out and show what I have, give it my all and put my time. And when you watch them play, and knowing that they're true freshmen, you know, a lot of true freshmen around the country, they have to sit and wait their turn. They might wait a couple of years before they get out there and get some real playing time. What does it say to you about Syracuse and the opportunity that's in front of you right now? It's telling me that Syracuse gives everybody an opportunity to go out and shine, and you better not mess up your opportunity. Andre Sisco, bunch of interceptions at the at the start of the season here early on. Antoine Cordy playing with him back and forth on social media saying, share some of those interceptions with your teammates and whatnot. I just spoke with Scoop Bradshaw and, and he said, you know, when one guy gets an interception, we all get an interception. What is this defensive secondary showing you on Syracuse this year? Because they are well on their way of having more interceptions this year in a shorter amount of time than they had all of last year. Um, it's showing me that they're a true, that they're true friends. That everything they do is sharing. Like they gonna share, they gonna help each other get better. So who uh, who were the coaches that really built that relationship with you at Syracuse? Um, Coach Monroe and Coach Kirk. They they helped me get around and showed me everything and made me love the school. And you said, uh, Coach Monroe, just what you like about him and what you like about his attitude. Coach Monroe keeps it, he keeps it real with you, and he's going to tell you what it is and what isn't. And I just like that, that he's nothing. He's not going to try to hide it. 
So when you say he tells you like it is, what it is and what isn't, what has he told you about you know, your potential future at Syracuse and what he sees from you? How has he kept it real with you, essentially? Um, he's telling me he loves, when I went out there, he loves my speed, my size, and he loves my highlights, like my film. He said I could hit, and he said if I come to Syracuse, I could even better. And then you said uh, Coach Kurt was also connected to your recruitment. What can you say about him? Coach Kirk is a loving dude, and him coming from Manville, we played them a few times down here, and I just knew he's a great coach. And when you said you played film down there, you know, just just what did you watch? What did you take away? Um, that they love to hit, and they like the defense is well formed. That coming from Dorian Hewitt. 2019 incoming freshman for Syracuse. Dorian, you verbally committed to Syracuse. Sometimes verbal commitments mean that it's a spot saver and a player is, is still opening their options and looking and seeing what else is out there. Is this a spot saver? Is this a almost 100% or is this a 100% commitment from you? It's a 100% commitment for me. Have any schools still tried to get in touch with you despite the door being closed? Yes, sir. And who are some of the schools that tried to reach out when you um, said, you know, I'm fully committed? Texas State, U of H, uh, Wyoming, and that's just a few of them. And when you went through your recruitment, Dorian, who were the teams that were maybe hard to say no to? When you chose Syracuse, was there any close second in this grand scheme of things? Uh, no, not really. So what made Syracuse the right fit? I mean, we've talked about what the defense is showing. You've spoken about a couple of the coaches that were involved in your recruitment. What about Syracuse as a whole just felt like the right place for you? Uh, I love the weather, and I could tell the fans are going to be good, so I'm going to love the fans, and I just love the, like everything down there. You said you love the weather, and some people up here in Syracuse would say the opposite with five to six months of snow a year. So what makes you love the weather? Um, coming from Houston, it really doesn't snow a lot. It probably snows like once every eight years or something. So coming down there and being able to see the snow is going to be an experience for me. And you said that you believe the fan base is going to be good. What makes you believe in the fan base, and what's got you excited about the fan base? Um, just watching when they got like home games or something. It's always going to be packed, and it always gets the the players hyped up to play that game. Coming onto campus and seeing Syracuse, what did you take away? Uh, it's a big university. It's a big school, and it's big enough to where I could get to know everybody and I just feel comfortable walking around everywhere. So you like to feel a campus. What were the biggest takeaways that you had from campus? Was there any favorites for you? Was the dome the favorite? The uh, Ensley Center facility? What what kind of stood out the most to you from Syracuse? I love the dome the most. Going inside and looking at it, I can picture myself playing inside of it. Now you're coming from Houston, Texas. The dome gets very hot. It gets over 100, 100 degrees sometimes. This year they said it was 87. I think it was 104. I think it was a lie. So what do you think about that, being inside of a closed area with 
87 degrees, 90 degrees, over 100 degrees. What do you think about playing in that type of scenario? You basically talking about Houston every single day. We practice in 87, 80 to 100 degree weather on turf every single day. That's basically like home for me. So there may be snow outside, but the dome's going to feel like home to you. Yes, sir. Fair enough. Now, Dorian, uh, playing the safety position, what would you say are your best attributes at the position? And then secondly, what are the things you want to work on the most? So what do you do the best at safety, and what are the areas that you think you can improve in? I tackle. I tackle well. I lead, the, I lead every DB with tackles. Um, I can read format, formations real quick. And I learned to study. I learned the playbook real well. The one thing I need to work on is probably my ball skills. I mean, I have one pick this year, but I want to work on it even more. So you have that one pick this year, but you said you want to work on your ball skills. What What do you need to work on? Is it just hand-eye coordination? Is it reading the quarterback? What is it? Reading the quarterback eyes. And so what do you do to, to kind of train yourself with that? I mean, I obviously, in the run of play, in a game, you're, you're going to be going up against quarterbacks all throughout this season and trying to key in on them. But what can you do outside of games, in practice or in general? How do you improve your your eyes on the quarterback, so to speak? Uh, I go out on our, our field and I take cones up around the field, and I have somebody act like they're the quarterback, and they look in different ways, and I run towards that cone. Speaking here with Dorian Hewitt, safety, North Shore, Houston, Texas. Dorian, before I let you go, tell me about North Shore. How do they make you a better player? What is it about this school that makes you better at what you do? North Shore is a very great program. Um, we live by Coach K, but they're always hard on you. They're, they got, they show tough love. They want 110% out of you every time. And our defensive coordinator, he wants domination. He doesn't want anybody to score on us, and I really love that. Now, I spoke with Courtney Jackson, who is the first player to commit in the 2019 incoming class. At the time that you and I are talking, you're one of 12 that have verbally committed to Syracuse for 2019 for Syracuse football. What can you say about this class so far? I know there's group chats that are out there. Have you gotten to know anybody at this point? Uh, yes, I, we've, we've been talking in the group chat. And who are some of the guys that you've been able to build a relationship with? Is there anybody that kind of stands out that you've talked to a lot during this process? Um, no, not really. I just love everybody in the group chat. We all, like, it seems cool. We all vibe with each other. And to have that vibe so early without even meeting the person is really special. Bring me into the vibe of the group chat. What does it feel like? Uh, we know where everybody comes from. We laugh in it, and then we talk about Syracuse. When you talk about Syracuse and you talk about the future, what's that discussion about? Uh, we talk about the games and how we're going to expect affect the team once we get up there. Like my our goal is to dominate Clemson next year. Do you feel like this Syracuse team is turning a corner? that you get to be a part of. Do you feel like you'll be coming to Syracuse at a time where this team will finally be heading in the right direction? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I feel like when I, Syracuse is going to be a well-known school for football. Like Everybody will know about Syracuse. You're down in Houston, Texas. 
Syracuse gets in touch with you, they offer you. How much did you know about Syracuse initially? I really didn't know anything about Syracuse, but once I got the offer, I looked up to school and everything, and I loved it. And I was ready to come down, or come up. And what made you love it? What made you fall in love with a school that you really didn't know too much about? As you got to know the school, what made you fall in love with it? They were the first D1 team to offer me, and then they showed me a whole bunch of love. They called me the day they offered me. And they were just talking about the school and everything and when I should come down and everything. Do you feel like, speaking here with Dorian Hewitt, safety coming into Syracuse out of North Shore in Houston, Texas for 2019, do you feel like Dino Babers is going to be here for a long time? Do you get that feel? Do you get that notion that he's going to be there when you get there and that he's going to be with this program for a while? Yes, I do. He's doing a great job with the team, and obviously we're turning another corner. And I, and I want him to be right there with us. That coming from Dorian Hewitt. Dorian, I want to do something called rapid fire. I'm going to throw a bunch of questions at you, and they could be about anything. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. But then in fairness, I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but I'm going to, as the broadcaster, put myself on the hot seat, and you get to question me. So I have no idea what you're going to say. I have to answer it. Are you ready to play? Yes, sir. All right, let's go. So I got to ask you this. I'm going to ask you one football question. Who are your role models or your idols all time when it comes to football? Tyron Matthew. Why? Because when he went to LSU, he played excellent, and then he met up with some bad friends, and they put him in a bad role, but that never made him quit. So he kept striving and striving and made it to the NFL. Do you feel like your story at all has anything to do with that? Have you ever been around people that maybe tried to lead you astray that you had to overcome? Yes, I have. I have people that tried to lead me in the wrong way to go smoke or go to another party or something. But I didn't. I come home, study, and then probably get on the game afterwards. What made you, when people were trying to pull you away from your dreams, trying to get you to go out and do things that were going to take you off course, what made you stay on course? Um, My father and my mother. My father, he showed me from a young age that football is a good sport to build your character. And I fell in love with football when I was six years old. My mother, knowing her, she wanted the best for me. So I wasn't going to come out here and waste what she gave me and do something bad. You said you fell in love with football at the age of six. What made you fall in love with it back then? Just the way family is set. And I just love, like, the atmosphere around it. So if you grew up without a dad, the coach was your dad. And if you didn't have a brother or anything, your teammate was your brother, and they had your back no matter what. And you said that your father said this is a good sport to build character. How does football make you a better person? Um, basically, like I said, it's family. So if you mess up, you're going to think about what you're going to do to your teammates, how you're going to affect your team, and what you just did. So I love that it got you right and made you not being selfish as a human being. 
And then away from football, Dorian, I gotta ask you, if, if you could come out to one song and only one song your entire time at Syracuse, the whole time you're you're at Syracuse, they give you a song and they say, this is the Dorian Hewitt song. What song would it be? Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill. Which is really funny because Courtney Jackson, who's coming into the 2019 class with you, said the exact same thing. So, but he did say something different about the greatest rapper of the current generation. So, I'm going to see if you guys answer the same here. Who is the best rapper out there right now? It's Little Wayne. You guys said the same thing with that, too. See, now, I hope you know Courtney. You, do you know Courtney? Uh, not in person, no. Well, you're going to have to get to know Courtney because apparently you guys have been separated at birth. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, uh, as far as... Who would play you in a movie? If you could have any actor play you in a movie, who would it be and why? Oh, hmm. I have to be Dwayne Johnson. And why Dwayne Johnson? Because he's just a funny dude, but he can also be serious at times. That's basically me. I could be real cool, but at times when it's time to focus, I want to be serious. Fair enough. If... I told you right now you had to do three things on your bucket list. You could pick any three on your bucket list, and those are the three that you're going to do, and you can't choose any other ones. What are the three things that you would do? I want to skydive. Okay. Um, I want to go fishing for a whole, like, 24 hours on the boat. Okay. In the last, uh, I probably want to go paddle boarding for, like, or not want to go on a cruise for three weeks. So you said that you want to fish for an entire day. Why an entire day? Why be out there all day on the boat? Because I love fishing. Like my grandma told me when I was little, we used to drive over the bridge and see the water, and I would ask her, can we go fishing, can we go fishing? And it always been stuck on me. I love to fish. So you love to fish. What's the what's the best catch you've ever had? Um, I caught a red bull that was thirty four inches. So you caught a red bull that's thirty four inches. Do you go out a lot still now? I mean, is that something that you still do? Uh, yes. If I could go out and go fishing, then I would. But I, you know, having practice in school and stuff, it just sometimes it don't let me do it. So fishing is big for you. You also said you want to go on a cruise for three weeks. Where would you go, and why Why three weeks? Uh, I want to go to the Bahamas and Jamaica, because I've been to Jamaica, but I haven't been to Bahamas. And for three weeks, just because I love the water. I love being out on the water and just relaxing. That's it. See, I like that, because my wife told me, because I love the water, I love being in the pool, I love swimming, I can stay there all day long. And she looks at me when I swim and she's like, you're not, I'm convinced that you're not human. She's like, I think that you came from the water, you're just a part of the water. So at least I feel like, Dorian, you and I can appreciate that, you know, and kind of be similar in that respect. That it seems like you could be out on the water all day. Yes, I... Now, do you swim a lot or are you just kind of hanging out in the boat? Uh... I'll go swimming. I'll go swimming. I just like being. I just like being in the water and just chill. Fair enough. I respect that. My two final uh, rapid fire questions for you. 
One of them is going to be, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? I want to be the Black Panther. I respect it. I love it. Why? Because Black Panther can do anything any other superhero can. And then he fights for what's right. He has a whole suit and nothing really weakens him. And I just love that. Fair enough. He is a phenomenal character. And my final question for you in rapid fire is your mission statement. Not just as a football player, but if I said Dorian Hewitt is blank, what would you want me to fill that in with? Dorian Hewitt is a great person. Plain and simple. All right, Dorian, you got five questions. You got me on rapid fire. This is in the moment. I have no idea what you're going to say. You can ask me any five questions. Go ahead. What is your favorite thing to do? My favorite thing to do. That's tough. I, my favorite thing. I love to sing. I love music. I've been singing since I was like three. So I would say I love to sing. I love to tell stories. And I like the, the, the simple things. Like sitting outside under the stars with my wife. You know, uh, just kind of hanging out on the couch. I love being in the water. I think one of the things, I mean, I mentioned it before, but I, I could be in a pool all day long. You could put me in there at 10 o'clock, come get me at 10 o'clock at night, and I'd want to stay until 11. That's just just how I am. So I appreciate, I appreciate the relaxation of the water. Yeah. All right, so what's your uh, second? If you had anything to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? <sighs> Tough. Probably pizza, because I think I, uh, in a past life, I was probably a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one, this one kind of deep. Okay. When you found, when you met your wife, how did you know that was going to be your that child was going to get married? Uh, I would say when I met her, there was something about her, and it was it was weird. It was like she, you know, she was cute. I looked at her, you know, she was pretty, but there was like. It's weird. It was, there was like an energy around her. There was something, and I've never said anything like this before, but I, I just kind of, I was talking to one of my friends after, and I was like, there's something about this girl. I was like, I just, I want to be around her again. There was there was something about her, her energy, like the just the way that she was that made me want to see her again. And I don't know, we just kept talking, and, and it's crazy because she's a beautiful person on the outside. But I focus so much about who she is on the inside, and they don't make her like her anymore. So I kind of, I don't know, I kind of knew pretty quickly that I wanted to marry her, and, and I just kind of let it take time and let it take time. And she kept messing with me like she's like, when are you going to do it already? And then, uh, you know, eventually I did. <laughs> and I love that. All right. If you could be any animal in the world, what would it be? Oh, man. Well, because of the character, the character that you chose is one of my favorites next to Spider-Man. So, I would say I would be a Black Panther or a Jaguar because they interest me. And I, I think the Black Panther would be cool because they can hide up in a tree and you can't even see them. So, that would be fun. Or I would be a dog because I've had dogs my whole life and, you know, there there's nothing like unconditional love and they definitely give it to you. So, I would say a dog too. All right, your final one. What do you got for me? Uh, I got paint. Hmm. Will it? Ooh. Would you 
would you love to go into space for the whole three months? Would I go into space for three months? Yeah. I've always said that if I knew I could get back okay, then I would definitely go. It makes me nervous about, you know, some of the spacecrafts that have tried to come back in haven't come in successfully, but if I could go out to space and God wanted me to be out in space, then uh, I absolutely would do it. I, I've said that if I could find a cure for cancer on Pluto, I'd have somebody send me to Pluto, so I, uh, I definitely would go out in space. My question back to you is if you and I were chosen by NASA to go in space, would you team up with me and go to space for three weeks? You know I will. You see, we love basically the same things. We could talk about fishing, water, anything you ever want to talk about, and we could just have a blast up in space. See, there it is. You're going to play football for Syracuse, and then you and I are going to space. Simple as that. All right. All right. <laughs> coming from Dorian Hewitt, safety, coming out of North Shore in Houston, Texas. Dorian, absolute pleasure. Seriously, one of, my, one of the uh, most fun interviews I've ever done in my life here, and I appreciate you very much in, in 15 years plus. So thank you to Dorian Hewitt here on the show. And, Dorian, I'd love to have you back on, so we hope we can get you on again very soon. Yes, I would love it. All right, man. Well, take care of yourself, and I'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you. This is a wake-up call fast break. News is spreading in historic Herald Square about Syracuse's favorite sports and entertainment venue, the Press Room Pub, with lots of room next to 450 parking spots. Wash down their delicious nine ounce burger for $9.95 with a variety of New York State brewed beers. TVs abound all throughout the location, including their 90 inch monster. Watch your game, enjoy time with family, friends, as well as bringing the kids to the playroom. The SU alumni party for every away football game is making headlines, as well as Robert Drummond, Syracuse football alum, and Dan Totora's pregame show two hours before kickoff for every home game. Private parties available as well for as many as 300 people. Come circulate at the Press Room Pub, downtown Syracuse, and visit PressRoomPub.com right now for more information. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DreisigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DreisigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady. Com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DreisigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com.
Corvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, got to take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name. So give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. To look professional, look good, and feel good, outfit yourself at drysigapparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family, your family, my family, their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens... They're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature sport court where you can enjoy basketball, volleyball, pickleball, soccer, lacrosse, and more year-round in their indoor facility. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. 
That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It's always an honor and a privilege to have this gentleman on the show with me. The Fantasy Football Power Hour is every Thursday, but because Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora will be on video this Thursday and Friday as we are out of town, so you will not hear us on the live feed on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, but you will watch us on facebook.com backslash wake up call dt so definitely go check us out there facebook.com backslash wake up call dt and youtube.com backslash wake up call dt for the thursday and friday shows that are all set and ready to go for you as i will be in new york comic-con for super powered pop show and wake up call in my absence is never absent as we have prepared you for Thursday and Friday. But live on the line here, we had to make sure that we got our fantasy advice in for you before we headed out to NYC, and that is with Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. Mike Sofka and I are together every Thursday in the Fantasy Football Power Hour. You got us a day early this week, and it's proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub, the only place to watch the games, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, and the Penn and Trophy Center, which makes our mini Lombardi championship trophy as well as our toilet bowl trophy for last place. You can find them in East Syracuse on 119 East 2nd Street, in East Syracuse, serving the community for over 60 years. And they can also serve you outside of the community by going to penandtrophy.com. With that being said, the man's on the show. We're getting started with week five in the NFL. Mr. Sofka, how are we doing today? Awesome. Awesome. How are you? Doing very well. And, and we're going to we're gonna hop right into the matchups in, in just a second here, but not before I congratulate you through four weeks with you, myself, John Newman, and Jordan Newman, we are the ones that make the picks every single week inside of the NFL. So we let you know who we think is going to win every week. And I want to congratulate you, Mike, because you are officially in first place by a couple on me. 37 wins, 24 losses, two ties. I have 35-26-2, and two, John 32-29-2, and two, and Jordan 28-33-2. and two. So as of right now, you have a two-game lead on me in our week one through four predictions inside of the NFL. So congratulations. Oh, all right. Well, thanks. I, you know, just doing what we do, and I wish I could get more of them right. Yeah, me too. I, I rolled the dice on a couple of them this week, and if I hadn't done that, I'd be right there with you at probably 37. But 35, I'll take it, and we have our picks coming up this week that we'll go through. We'll give you every single prediction of each game that we have, and then we'll also tell you game by game, team by team, what to do fantasy-wise. So with that being said, Colts at the Patriots on Thursday Night Football. Mike, let me know what you're thinking about this game. Colts are in trouble. I, I just don't know what to say about the Colts right now. I I think that you know it was a it was a weird game for them last week, and they're going into the Evil Empire. They're going they're, they're going to the Death Star. You know you you, you can't win there. It's it's hard. And you know Tom Brady is going to be the guy. Of course, we all know that he's a top five quarterback, number four on my rankings this week. And, you know Andrew Luck's Andrew Luck. He hasn't really. 
I don't know if Andrew Luck's truly back. It was encouraging. You know, two weeks ago when it had a 50-yard pass at the end of, uh, of a half to, 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 to throw into the end zone on a Hail Mary, they, they didn't let him throw that ball. You know, they, they went ahead and they brought in Jacoby Brissett. So that, that, to me, questioned his arm strength. And then last week, the same scenario happened, but they let him throw the ball. So I don't know what's going on with Andrew Luck. And again, I got to see something before I'm a buyer there. Uh, running back wise, I think this is going to be another semi coming out party for Sony Michelle. I think he did an excellent job with the opportunity he was given, but you got to understand James White is still heavily invested in the mix there. So I think Sony Michelle's a, a number one, but a low end number one this week. He's going to get some, you know, they, they're going to try to spread their ball around. Gronk may not play, so it's going to be an interesting issue there for 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 New England, but. You know, when you look at Indianapolis' running attack, it's a question mark. Marwin Mack's been dinged up and hasn't really played. Jordan Wilkins has been inconsistent at best. And Naeem Hines is your pass-catching guy. That's very clear in PPR leagues. That's the guy you want. Naeem Hines will be a, a, a running back three or a flex for you this week. But I don't like any of the running back situation in Indianapolis. Wide receiver-wise, it's T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's the guy they can count on, and he's going to get a heavy dose, I think, or as much as they can give him. But, I, you know, I'm not sure if he's even going to show up this week. I think he's a little bit dinged up. So, you know, it, it's difficult to pick guys when, they're number one, they're going into a hostile environment. They're going into an environment where, you know, New England has to win. They, they've looked bad. They notoriously start slow as of late. And this is their time. It's October. This is when New England put the pedal to the metal. So, um, I, you know, Brian Grant has, has been something. But I don't know if you could start any of these guys this week. I do like a guy that New England has, though, and Josh Gordon. I think that's a sleeper-type kind of pick. I think he's going to show up. Big. I think they got to take that pressure off the situation with Gronkowski may not be able to play. And when he has been playing, he's been triple teamed. So, you know, I, I think if you're looking for that long shot guy, maybe in DFS, that's a guy. And if I'm not mistaken, Julian Edelman is going to be back this week as well. So, you know, that that's going to be something to behold. I'd be interesting to see how they get him involved in the mix. Philip Dorsett's been spotty. Chris Hogan's been spotty. Look for Dwayne Allen to get a bulk of the, the tight end looks for New England. And for Indianapolis, I think uh, Jack Doyle going down was the best thing for Eric Ebron. He's the man there in Indianapolis. He's a tight end one, a low-end tight end one this week. And and you're obviously picking the Patriots in this one, I would think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with with that being said on, on your side of it, for me uh, to start off with the away team first and, and take a quick look at the injury report here for the Colts. First and foremost, if we get down to what the Colts have going on, Adam Vinatieri, who used to be a Patriot before he was a Colt, he has a groin injury. you got to watch that if he is your kicker. Marlon Mack's hamstring injuries got him limited. He has been limited in what he has been able to bring to this team in the backfield. As Mike said, not a lot of trust in a guy running the ball for you in Indianapolis, and it's been that way for a while. T.Y. Hilton hamstring injury didn't practice early on this week as well. So you just want to watch out for each of those injuries that could be affecting your fantasy team. As far as the Patriots go, Josh Gordon has a hamstring injury that's left him limited. And Rob Gronkowski with the ankle injury, not looking the best right now. So you want to watch those two. But as far as who you should put out there, I'm not a big fan of Andrew Luck. I haven't been 
I just, I, I haven't drank the Kool-Aid. I haven't bought into it. I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that he's hopefully healthy and he gets to 100% and stays at 100%. But I'm just not sold on, you know, him as a fantasy quarterback. Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins haven't done a lot for me. Naheem Hines is one of the guys that I covered at NC State, and I like Naheem Hines. He could do some good things for the team. Like Mike said, he's not a bad flex player for you. T.Y. Hilton's your best option in the you know in the field as wide receivers go for the Colts but you know he's not 100% healthy so Hines is the one I kind of feel good about in this one uh, T.Y. Hilton's been underwhelming but I think you know that to me that's because of Andrew Luck and, and that's also because of the other guys that have filled in the spot when Luck's been injured Tom Brady is worth the play Sony Michelle like you said you, you think he'll have another coming out party another big game I agree with you on this I think Sony Michelle's going to do some good things it's crazy to think that this team had five running backs, but now with two of them on injured reserve, they really only have Michelle and White. Kenyon Barner, we're probably not going to see much of, if at all. So, you know, maybe in some goal line situations and whatnot. So for me, you know, this has opened the door for White to be White and Michelle to be Michelle. They're both worth the play in this game. And I like Chris Hogan in the game. And then Julian Edelman. You know, he's he's a flex player. He's a little sleeper for you this week because he is coming back, and I'm sure that Brady's itching to get the ball to him, so that could help you out as well. I'm picking the Patriots in the matchup of this week as well. Titans at the Bills, two teams that are not that great, but the Titans are 3-1. and one. So what do you think about what's going on with this one, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to chalk up Buffalo's uh, win at Minnesota to – some sort of giant anomaly, the moon, the stars, and the planets lined up. Everybody squinted and leaned on their left leg at the same on the planet, and things kind of shifted a little bit. You know, that Buffalo is in a lot of trouble. I, I Tennessee and Buffalo are completely opposite in this respect. Tennessee, you, you think they're done. Derrick Henry hasn't been performing. The defense is spotty times. Uh, the quarterback situation, Mariota's been hurt. Dinged up, it's funny. I mean, he's got numbness and can't feel his, his throwing hand. They bring in uh, the backup there. I don't know what the heck. Who was that? Blaine Gabbert? Is that who that was? Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was there for about a quarter, and then that was it. He was out. And then they, they got nobody. Throw. Corey Davis didn't show up until last week. So, But they've been finding a way to win. They've been finding a way to get things done. And Buffalo's the complete core. It fucking leads to try to contaminate their own situation and, and, and dirty up the waters there. And I just direction they're taking, but I do feel positive about the guys that are there in Buffalo. They're, they're playing hard. And that was evident in that in, in Minnesota. You know, I think that if you're looking at a quarterback in this game, you're looking at the wrong game. I, I, I don't like either quarterback in this game. I, I, I don't, I'm sure there's a better option out there, but both are bottom end guys and, only start if you have to. I mean, Josh Josh Allen's Josh Allen. He's got the second most sacks in the league. You know, the offensive line there is porous, and he's having trouble getting out of the way. So, Mar- Mariota's still dinged up, and, you know, I'm not sure Corey Davis is what he showed up to be last week yet. So, I, I don't think you can play either quarterback. Running back-wise, I'm not sure that you can want to start anybody besides 
Dion Lewis. Derrick Henry's inconsistent at best. He's a powerful running back. He's just not getting the job done for me. Dion Lewis is the guy they're going to throw the ball to, and he's been. I think he's been doing better with the touches he's been given there. So that's definitely a guy you want to consider as maybe a, a running back three for you, maybe a bottom end two if, if absolutely necessary. You know, we got the bye weeks here in full effect, so there's going to be guys you're not going to be comfortable with, and there's going to be guys you're going to be a coin flip with. So you know, hopefully we're able to help you with that. And I'm looking at Buffalo's running attack. LaShawn McCoy's kind of dinged up. The offensive line is real porous, not real confident, not real confident in their passing attack either. I, 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 there's not a tight end or a wide receiver I can start from Buffalo. And almost the same for Tennessee, you know, with Delaney Walker being out. I know they, you know, did away with Rashard Matthews. A dark horse guy is Tywan Taylor. Taywan Taylor, sorry. He's a guy that, you know, he might do something for you, so he's probably available out there. So if you're desperate for a guy, that might be the guy. Corey Davis may even be out there, and he did have the coming out party last week. But to me, that's a little too little too late. I don't think you can count on John U. Smith or anybody there. And look for this to be an ugly, muddy game. What I mean by that is a back-and-forth, a close game with a lot of field goals. I, I, and for the record, I, I got to go with Tennessee. They're finding a way to get games won. Yeah, I got to agree with you that I'm going to have to pick Tennessee to win this game because they're just simply, like you said, they're finding a way. You know, they are the thorn in the Jaguars' side. I wrote the article that they are the Jacksonville Jaguars' kryptonite. They have been since they've come in and the Jaguars have played them. Jaguars have a 20-26 and 26 record all-time against them. A very weird stat is that the Jaguars have not defeated them in five years on a Sunday. They only went against them on Thursdays and Saturdays, which is kind of crazy to say, but it is the truth. And, you know, so the Titans have found a way to win. The Titans are 3-1. and one. The Jaguars are 3-1. and one. And the other side of it, the Houston Texans are 1-3. and three. And the Colts are also 1-3. and three. So it, it's just interesting to me to see where things have kind of shaken out with this and that the Titans have are still there, Thorn and the Jaguar side. They own the head-to-head right now, and they have the same exact record. So there they are once again, just like they were last year, and the Jaguars are going to have to create some separation moving forward. Looking at this game for me, I do th- I'm do. i going to pick Tennessee. I do believe that they're going to find a way to win because they keep doing so. I think Marcus Mariota, he's a high-end quarterback too. Just because he does enough, at least running the ball, to get it done. I think that Derrick Henry uh, this week is not a bad play because he's playing the Bills. Uh, Corey Davis, for those who want to drink the Kool-Aid on him right now, he has had one good week pretty much since he came into the NFL. That was this past week. Maybe one or two. So, to me, he's still a wide receiver three, somewhat to mid to low range end wide receiver three. On the other side for the Buffalo Bills, LaShawn McCoy has got issues on the field, issues off the field. Josh Allen, yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he jumped over somebody in Minnesota, but that offensive line that I've consistently warned you about in Buffalo is getting him hurt, and that's going to affect him. I don't like anybody on Buffalo in this one. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. If I had to pick anybody, I'd pick their kicker, and that's really all i got to say about it. Dolphins at the Bengals, what do you have for this? Well, one of these teams is a contender, one of them is a pretender, and we're going to find out at the end of this game. I think the Dolphins are the pretender. I think the Bengals are the contender. But, you know, what we're going to have to see, I think the Dolphins are one of those teams that have been finding ways to win as well. They're 
undermanned every week they go in and I'm like, there's no way they can do this. And, and sure enough, they do. And that, that goes hand in hand with Tanny Hill's performance. Ryan Tanny Hill has lived past or above his expectations. I think this is a guy that I had major doubts on and, you know, he's starting to prove me wrong and I'm starting to buy in. He's been doing a lot with very little. Kenyon Drake's been okay. I think you can start Kenyon Drake if you need to. I think Kenyon Drake's a, a, a running back two, maybe running back three this week for you. So again, you just cause we're saying, just cause I'm saying this is the guy you want to start. Please listen to where I'm saying these guys rank. So, you're not disappointed in your expectations. Kenny Stills has been the guy that's been getting it done for them receiver-wise, and I don't feel that he's been doing a spectacular job, but hes I, I, I feel like he's the only thing they got. Devontae Parker's still dinged up. Albert Wilson has popped in and out. Amendola is up, up and down. Uh, they're having trouble at tight end with A.J. Derby being dinged up, and Mike Gusecki, I haven't really seen much there, but... You know, you, you flip it back to the Bengals, and the Bengals are in a little bit of trouble with Joe Mixon being dinged up, but Andy Dalton's been playing pretty well. You know, Andy Dalton's been, again, doing like a Tannehill type thing, using what he has around him, and what he has around him is, is actually pretty good. I think it's a better crew than what Miami has. Giovanni Bernard has stepped up and stepped up big. He's been the guy they can rely on, especially, and this has been the case with him in, a, in, in PPR leagues, but, you know, he's a little bit dinged up right now, too, so I'm a little bit worried if he's even going to make the game, but if he does make the game, I'm not sure he's going to be much more than a than a running back three for you. You know, I, I'm looking at the receivers. A.J. Green, of course, is the guy. A.J. Green is probably the best player on the field, and he's a, he's a wide receiver one. I like Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd has shown up big time, and he's a bottom end wide receiver too. It seems like he's come out of nowhere, and they're going to rely on him even more. John Ross, one of the fastest guys out there, he's he's been able to show up, and you know they got. I don't know if you saw that tape of the Tyler Eifert ankle injury. It was brutal, very brutal. Uh, Tyler Croft, of course, is a guy you may want to look at, but I think he got dinged up as well. So they're in trouble in the tight end position in Cincinnati. But, again, I like Cincinnati in this one, and I think that um, Cincinnati is going to be the contender and the Dolphins are going to come out looking like the pretender. Yeah, to me, I'd have to agree with you here that Miami, if I had to choose between the two, contender and pretender, it would be Miami being the pretender in this one. I chose the Bengals to win this game as well. The Bengals are are playing a hell of a lot better, and it's kind of like cut and paste for me saying they're playing better than I thought that they would play. They're doing better than I thought that they would do. Marvin Lewis is leading them better than I thought they would be led at this point because of all the mediocrity. The team is 3-1. and one. Pittsburgh is struggling. Cleveland is playing close, but not getting the victories yet. Then we see Baltimore is doing okay. This could be a topsy-turvy, upside-down type of division in the AFC North. And, you know, we look at Cincinnati went to Atlanta to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and outscored the Atlanta Falcons. And in the NFC South, they play no defense. You know, from Atlanta to Carolina to New Orleans to Tampa Bay, there's no defense being played. So when you can outscore these offenses, 
Big time, big ups to Cincinnati for that. Andy Dalton had three touchdowns in the game. Tyler Boyd had 100 yards. A.J. Green, John Ross, and Tyler Eifert all scored. But as you said, Tyler Eifert going down. The two Tylers are always worth looking at because, unfortunately and sadly, Tyler Eifert always seems to go down. And so Tyler Croft always seems to have to step in. And step in he does and step in very well. In the last couple games, speaking of stepping in and stepping up, Tyler Boyd has over 100 yards receiving in the last couple games. The Cincinnati Bengals have been looking for a number two to A.J. Green forever, and they may have potentially found somebody that could eventually fill that role if he stays consistent, and that being that being Tyler Boyd. So just some things here to, t- to take a look at. Uh, Giovanni Bernard has an undisclosed injury. Joe Mixon has a meniscal injury. John Ross is undisclosed, and obviously uh, Tyler Eifert is going to be out in this game. On the other side of it for the Miami Dolphins, Devontae Parker has a quad injury that's left him questionable. And outside of that, there's nobody else for you to worry about on the Miami Dolphins as far as that goes. And for the Dolphins, first of them being the road team, the guys that I would play in this one, I would consider Kenny Stills, but I kind of relegate him to a flex position this week. And then with so many different running backs and not knowing what the hell is going on, you know, I can't really tell you that any one of these guys is worth trusting in and rolling the dice on. I want to say that Kenyon Drake could be the guy for you, but ultimately when push comes to shove, you know, if we look at the numbers, Frank Gore has the most carries followed by Kenyon Drake. They don't have much to show for it. They have one touchdown between the two of them. So I, I don't feel good about any of them. If you got if you have to go deep, it's kind of a toss of a coin in that situation. The only player I really like on Miami is Stills because I do think that they'll work to get him the ball. And I think that Cincinnati is going to give up something. Danny Amendola is a wide receiver four for me. Cincinnati, I like Andy Dalton in this game as a quarterback Low end one, high end two. I like A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. John Ross would be a flex guy for me. He let me down last year, so I'm still not sold on him. And with Joe Mixon out, Mark Walton has an opportunity to step up with Giovanni Bernard. Bernard isn't a bad one to throw out there. And Thomas Rawls, the journeyman, is the fourth stringer on the team. So just make note of that. They do have a bunch of different guys. And I think if you're going to play anyone, it would be Bernard in the backfield for Cincinnati. I'm taking the Bengals in the game, as is Mike. Ravens at the Browns. What do we think about this one? Yeah, the, the Ravens look pretty good. They look pretty good against the Steelers, but then if I take a breath and remember, we've been talking about the Steelers are a potential train wreck waiting to happen with Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger apparently not getting along now. Le'Veon Bell not reporting. The locker room getting divided. Quotes coming out of the locker room now like, it's getting real hot in the kitchen. You're either in or you're out. You're either on board or you're not. The coach is getting asked daily about Le'Veon Bell. It just, it's it's a, it's one of those pressure cookers and somebody's left the valve or somebody's left the uh you didn't tie it down correct and the top is getting ready to blow off this thing so i'm kind of treading lightly on how good the ravens look but they have looked good their loss came against the Bengals, who we just talked about and that you know the Bengals looked good at that as well but you know the, the the ravens have have beaten the bills they've beaten the broncos and now they beat the Steelers on the road, and now they go on the road again. AFC North, these are always tough games. You can always throw out the records. It doesn't really matter if one team's 1-2-1. One, and one. It doesn't matter. It's AFC North. It's going to be a close game. Look, I like Baker Mayfield. He's real exciting to watch. 
but he's not going to be a real exciting play for you in fantasy yet, and not this week against that Baltimore defense. Baltimore's defense, they just they don't rebuild, they reload. They're one of those type of systems, they're one of those type of organizations, always has those couple core guys in the defense, and the rest of the defense comes along pretty nicely. So, you know, not the dominant, super dominant defense they once were with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed, but they're able to get the job done, and I think they're going to keep Baker Mayfield somewhat in check. Baker Mayfield, again, a low-end quarterback, too, this week. Joe Flacco's been getting it done, though. Joe Flacco looks good, although the Cleveland defense has been looking good as well, so I'm counterbalancing that. Joe Flacco, the number 16 quarterback on my rankings this week. And running the ball is what Baltimore likes to do, and Baltimore's Alex Collins has been doing it fairly well, but I like the effort by Javorius Allen. He seems to be a guy that gives them a spark. He's, he's a pass-catching guy. He's a third-down guy, but he's capable of carrying the rock on first and second down as well, so I like the one-two punch with Collins and Allen. I think they do somewhat cannibalize each other. I think both guys are worthy of a play. I think Collins is more of a uh, a running back two, a low-end running back two. And I think Allen is like a mid-range to low-end running back three. Uh, Michael Crabtree has been inconsistent. I don't know if he's seen the end zone yet this year. Willie Sneed stepped up, made a couple good plays last game, but I'm not really sold on any of the wide receivers. If I had to start one, I would start John Brown just because of the upside and a wide receiver three. Crabtree may get a wide receiver two type targets, but is he going to convert? Is he going to be able to score touchdowns? So, you know, and Cleveland's defense has been okay. However, they are dinged up in their secondary. So, again, for, for whatever that's worth, you know, I go by performance and I go by matchup. And this is going to be the first matchup, really, in a regular season for Hayden Hurst going to come off being injured with, with an ankle injury. And, and Mark Andrews has been getting some targets, but they've also had Nick Boyle and Max Williams in the mix there, too. So murky situation at tight end in Baltimore right now. You can't depend on one guy. But if you do pick the right guy, it could pay off. But I can't buy into any of these guys right now. And, and you know, on the other side of the ball for the Browns, I like Jarvis Landry, of course. You have to. Rashard Higgins. Antonio Callaway's a big play guy. He's a boomer or bust guy. But Jarvis Landry's the guy you're going to start there. Jarvis Landry, you know, may put up wide receiver two, wide receiver three numbers. It's probably going to be more like a mid-range wide receiver two number this week. And I, I'm not sure that you can really rely on too many receivers, but the one receiver I would rely on is Dave Njoku. Now that Mayfield is the quarterback, we all know the check down friend of the quarterback is the tight end. And Njoku, I think, is going to be that guy. He's going to slowly creep in the top five, top five, top five or six tight end status by the end of the year. Make sure you're on board to train before it leaves the depot. And of course, I like the Ravens in this one. Yeah, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, in this one, I'm going to go on the other side of it, and I'm picking the Browns in this matchup. I think that, you know, you speak of guys cannibalizing each other. I think this division cannibalizes each other as well. So, you know, when Baltimore is going up on the road to Cleveland, Cleveland's been close in a couple. They just saw an overtime one slip away, and I'm sure that this, you know, that is a game where close is not close enough. So Cleveland's trying to get back on it. It was Baker Mayfield's first official start. And now this will be his second. So, you know, on the on the Baltimore side of things for me, 
Uh, Joe Flacco's not something I'm sold on. I like Alex Collins and Javoris Allen, you know, but Buck Allen and, and Alex Collins, you know, the the reality is, like you said, they do take from each other, but they both are capable of having, you know, a couple big runs in the game potentially. So I like either one of them. If you got them both, I, I don't know if I would waste two spots putting them both out there, but it's not bad to put one out there. It's hard when you when you have them both, though, because you have to roll the dice. And then as far as receivers go, for the Baltimore Ravens, you know, there's, again, there's a bunch of different guys that are out there catching passes and doing different things, but if I had to put my money anywhere, it would be with John Brown because John Brown's been the guy that has the most touchdowns. He also has the most yards on the team, and he's doing it on three less receptions. So, you know, I'm kind of a fan of that. The thing is, through four games, though, Baltimore has only through, you know, like 15 passes here to John Brown or 18 there. Some of these guys catch 10 balls, 9 balls in a game. So because they're spreading it out so much, Andrews has 10, Max Williams has 12, Crabtree and Snead have 18, Brown has 15. So it's kind of a, it's good for Baltimore, bad for fantasy. But if I had to pick one, I would say John Brown as a wide receiver, too, for you this week. On the other side of it, with and Mark Andrews, I'm not totally against. I kind of, I think that he has something to bring to the table, and Hayden Hurst has been underwhelming, and he's been hurt. So Andrews is a tight end, too, for me this week, and he's an option that maybe you could take. On the other side of it, I like Baker Mayfield in this game. I think he scores a lot of points. He creates a lot of opportunities. He gets the ball down the field. Now, if you get if you lose points for you know takeaways and whatnot, if you lose points for interceptions and fumbles, then that could be somewhat of an issue. But Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, he's going to get you some points. He's going to make it happen, and I think that he's worth the play, especially if maybe you had him as a backup and somebody for you is off this week. I like Carlos Hyde in the game, and I like Nick Chubb in the game, and I like Duke Johnson Jr. I think Duke is a flex guy. Carlos is worth being your number two. Chubb is worth being your number two, depending on who your number one is. But they got a good backfield in Cleveland, and I like them all. Jarvis Landry, I like Jarvis in this game. And I think Antonio Callaway is going to have a bounce back. He's a low-end two, high-end three receiver for me this week, and I am picking the Browns. Packers at the Lions, Mike, what do you have for this? This is going to be a closer game than people think. You know, Matt Patricia, don't forget, he's a defensive mind. He's going to do what he needs to do to figure out how to make Aaron Rodgers move. Aaron Rodgers still dinged up with that knee, not as mobile as he used to be. Uh, they say he's getting better on the men, but if you keep stressing it, I don't, I don't see how you can make it better without you know, just rest and taking care of it. But, you know, he's playing through it. I guess they've determined it can't get much worse. I just don't think it's going to get any better playing on it. And I think that they're going to figure out a way in Detroit to rush him, to hurry him, to flush him out of the pocket where he's not as mobile. He's going to be forced to throw the ball away. I still like the Packers in this game. And I still like Aaron Rodgers in this game. That being said, he's the bottom end of quarterback one this week and I think he's worthy of that and I think when you look at on the other side of the ball Matt Stafford another bottom end quarterback one against the Green Bay defense which is okay you know Green Bay's defense is pretty good you know running back wise though this is where you're going to see a little bit of a difference though because well the Lions look like they finally found their 100 yard rusher a guy that they can roll out there just about every game and carry on Johnson we kind of been expecting this going in but they've been suffering with Theo Reddick with Garrett Blunt Amir Abdullah nobody's been getting the job done it looks like carrying Johnson is going to be the guy so I would roll him as a running back too this week without any problems 
and and Green Bay, they're hoping that Aaron Jones is going to take off. It's been a muck and mire mess with Aaron Jones being out the first couple weeks, and then he comes back, and they're slowly bringing him up to speed. But if there's one guy out of Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, and Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones has the most upside to me, and I think he's going to be the most exciting player and the overall winner of that position come year end. So, again, make sure you're on a train before it leaves the station. Devontae Adams, he's he's their passing attack. That's, that's what they have. That's what they do, and, and, and rightfully so. He's a mid-range wide receiver one. Randall Cobb's been spotty. He can make some big plays, but the steady Eddie, in my opinion, is Geronimo Allison. He's a wide receiver three type guy and a great bye week fill-in because, like I said, we got the bye weeks here, so if you're looking for a guy that you can depend on for a few weeks, he's the guy, Geronimo Allison. Jimmy Graham looked like he finally got on the board last week. It looks like they're going to figure out a way to get him the ball and get him more involved. And on the other side of the ball, Detroit's looking for that guy. They really don't have the tight end. you know. Who the, and again, I know I say it time and time again every week about Detroit, but uh, I guess they're just going to roll out the rapper, Levine Toilo Lolo. But uh, Golden, T- Golden Tate's the guy at receiver. You know, he was dinged up last week, but still put together uh, an excellent performance. Marvin Jones plays out of his mind as a two, and Kenny Galladay's a strong three. So I think you got some of the strongest wide receivers there. Not one of them is elite, but together they make an excellent crew. So, again, I look for Detroit to make this game close. I think the Packers squeak out a win, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah, you know, this this is a it's a very interesting uh, a very interesting situation for me. Like you said, with Toy Lolo and and what's going on in Detroit. You know, they have some good things, but it's where do they stand in the grand scheme of things? Are are they ever going to get on the right side of it? And when you say Toy Lolo, it makes me think of this. So we have uh, Mr. Toy Lolo, and I think he should come out to that song because I think if he comes out to that song, there's a better chance that he will have tremendous success on the day. And uh, speaking of having success on the day, let's talk about the players that you have to look out for in this game for fantasy football on your roster. So once again, Packers at the Lions. And uh, for me, obviously, uh, if he's if he's healthy and set to go, you know, the question is how healthy is healthy for him. But Aaron Rodgers is <clears throat> not on the injury report this week, which is good. And Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb, they both are. Geronimo has a concussion, and Randall Cobb has a hamstring injury, so just watch those two. As far as Detroit goes, Michael Roberts, one of their tight ends, has a knee injury, and outside of that, there's nothing to worry about. So, in my opinion, for Green Bay to to start things off in this, and Shout out to our resident Detroit fan in Central New York, Johnny, who is going to this game. It's his first ever NFL game in Detroit, seeing the Lions, who are his favorite team, on his honeymoon with his wife because she's awesome. And she's also, shout out Aaron, she's a Green Bay fan. So she's going to be cheering on Green Bay. He's going to be cheering on Detroit. And the House Divided is going to be celebrating their honeymoon wearing different jerseys at Ford Field, which is going to be pretty cool. I like Aaron Rodgers in the game. I like 
Devontae Adams in this game, especially if Geronimo Allison can't get better. If he is able to get back onto the field, he's something, you know, he's somebody to look to. And for some reason, you know, I feel it this week in the flex position, Marquez Valdez Scantling could be somebody for you to look to out of South Florida as a potential guy to help you out if you're looking for somebody on the free agency pool or waiver wire to throw out there because Detroit doesn't play defense. And on Detroit's side of it, I'm not sold on Matt Stafford. I don't like a lot of the things that he has been doing. I don't think he's an elite quarterback in the NFL. I think I could have argued it in the in the past, but not right now in the present. I like on Johnson, and you know, as as far as wide receivers go, I I think that Kenny Galladay, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, they're kind of a toss up this week for me. But you know, Jones, Galladay, and Tate have all done some good things. I don't think you hurt by playing any of them. I think Jones is a two, Galladay's a two, Tate for me is a three this week. And I like on Johnson because when in doubt, I think they're going to run the ball. But we have a rule when I mention on Johnson. I can't just mention on Johnson. When I speak his name, I have to do this. So I am obviously uh, joining Mike, and I'm going with the Packers in this one. And we're going to go to the Jaguars and the Chiefs. And this is a tough game for me. To me, this is the game of the week. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, I like this game a lot. I'm going to go out and I'm going to say the Jags are going to win. I know everybody's picking the Chiefs, and Mahomes is hot. And this goes against the stat I'm going to even give you. In a second here, I'm going to give you some numbers. 176, 377, 155, 388. Now, in that sequence, you would expect the next number to be under 200. That's Blake Bortles' passing yards. He's inconsistent. He's up and down every other game. And he's going to be inconsistent. But I got news for you. Casey has a porous defensive secondary. So I think he's going to break the anomaly of the stats this week, and he's going to have to because Fournette's dinged up. So if you're looking for a mid-range guy, if you're looking for a guy that you could scoop up and and, and cover, maybe you have Trubisky on a bye, or maybe you were all in on the Fitzpatrick thing, and those guys are on buys this week. Maybe a Blake Bortles is available, and this is a guy, because of his inconsistency, probably will be available, and I think he may surprise you and carry you through that bye this week with the KC defense. Now, you know, Jacksonville is going to have to counter with T.J. Yeldon. Fournette's probably not going to play. Dinged up with this lingering hamstring. And, they're, you know, they're going to take the time with this hamstring. But if you remember back to the 90s, I think it was the late 90s when Fred Taylor, I think it was the year Jacksonville won like 14 games or something ridiculous like that. It must have been 99 when they lost to Tennessee those three times. But they, they went without Taylor for like the whole year he had a hamstring. So, I mean, these things linger. But T.J. Yeldon might be a surprise guy, might be a guy you could depend on in daily leagues. I'm not sure he's going he's gonna to blow your mind here, but he might be. He could sneak in and be a bottom-end running back one this week. Look out for that. Look out for Bortles to pump up his numbers with little dump-off passes to T.J. Yeldon, and T.J. can run between the tackles. I think we've seen a resurgence of T.J. I think his spot usage and the hanging around with Fournette has actually helped his game. 
So look for TJ Yeldon to be the surprise of this game. That's a secret, though. Don't let that out to anybody else. Now, on the other mm-hmm. side of the ball, you got to go with the running back they got in KC. I mean, why wouldn't you take Kareem Hunt? He's another running back one this week. You already know that, though. And then the wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, one of the fastest guys in the NFL. He's going to be matched up with the likes of Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie, but I still think he's going to be able to pull in high-end wide receiver two numbers. This Jacksonville defense, the secondary, doesn't even have an interception yet this year. The secondary's chomping at the bit, and they want to make Pat Mahomes make a mistake. I don't think Pat Mahomes is going to make many mistakes. I think Pat Mahomes is still a bottom-end quarterback one in this game, even up against that that you know vaunted Jacksonville defense. This is a very good defense. The only interception, I think, is with uh, uh, Miles Jack, and, and, you know, it's not a secondary guy. He's considered a line being a, uh, being a linebacker. Now, looking at wide receiver, Casey has a way of getting things done and getting the ball. Mahomes has been a magician with some of these throws. Left-handed throws, on the run, in the grass, wearing defensive linemen on his back, and he's still completing passes. Sammy Watkins has been great, but he's dinged up, and he may not make the show. So I think Travis Kelsey is going to step up even more, if that's even conceivable, provided he takes the field. He should be the number one tight end in football this week. But he took a shot to the chest late in the game, so double-check his injury status. Jacksonville, though, Keelan Cole has stepped up big. D.D. Westbrook had a coming-out party, and so did Dante Moncrief. So any one of these guys could be a spot filling for you. The challenge is figuring out which one it's going to be and how heavy are they going to cover for you this week as we head into buys. So I, I, I'm not impressed with Austin Safarian Jenkins quite yet or anything else Jacksonville has offered tight end-wise. So I think you're going to see some spotty production, some solid production, and it should be a lot more interesting game than people think. And I like Jacksonville with the upset at KC. You know, Jacksonville in this game, you know, they, they have they have the opportunity. They are the team that can cause Kansas City to make mistakes. As I said, going into this game, we're looking at one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the country, going up against what is currently now the best offense in the country, arguably, with the Rams, is Kansas City. So it's going to be a big-time game. It just came out today, uh, moments ago, that Leonard Fournette will, in fact, not play. Five minutes ago, the Jaguars made the announcement from head coach Doug Marone. So Leonard Fournette has not played a full game all season. He has not he has not been available all season in these five games for a full game. He played in week one. He played this last week against the Jets it just in you know for the first two drives and that was it. He has not played a full game in all five weeks this season. So this could be the Jaguars looking to preserve him. They can, you know, be trying to get that hamstring back right. We know the nagging hamstring when it happened to Fred Taylor affected him throughout the rest of his career. So you want to be smart with this. You don't want to force him out there if you don't have to force him out there. 
So in my opinion, you got to do what you got to do to make sure you keep this guy healthy. You got to do what you got to do to make sure that you don't rush him back. And if this is something serious, then it's something that you have to nip in the bud right now to the best of your ability because you don't want this to be another Fred Taylor situation with another franchise back that would be in a bad position moving forward with the franchise. So Leonard Fournette's not going to play in the game. Uh, Blake Bortles, yeah, he's inconsistent. He's got to show his offense in this one because there's gonna they're gonna try to shoot him out. I think Jacksonville's defense bring the brings the game out of the clouds and back down to earth. But I think that Blake Bortles has to play above the stars. So the defense got to bring it down to earth. He's got to be above in some you know interplanetary dimension playing football the way he did this past week. His most passing yards ever in a game, 388 against the Jets. So done some good things. Only has two interceptions this season. One of them was a tip ball against the Jets, and the other one was Austin Safarian Jenkins blaming himself for a ball that was thrown in a double coverage that he got his hands on against the Patriots but didn't come down with. So with that being said, TJ Yeldon to me is worth you know thinking about in this game as a running back too. Corey Grant is a flex guy for me because he's a speedy guy, and speed kills speed. Speed can get after speed, and he's going to go be going up against a lot of speed. So, well, I should say on the other side of it, there will be. So they might want to show Nate Hackett might want to show, hey, we're fast too, guys, and Corey Grant's got some wheels on him. Keelan Cole, watch for him. He's a wide receiver, low-end two, high-end three for me this week because he was healthy in the last game. He just wasn't utilized as much, but they might key in on other guys, which may open him up. Take a look at Dante Moncrief and D.D. Westbrook, both wide receiver twos for me because nobody's really separated themselves, but I do like the talent. And Austin Safarian Jenkins, a tight end two for me in this game. Kansas City, obviously Pat Mahomes, 14 touchdowns, no picks through four weeks. Kareem Hunt in the game. I like him because Jacksonville has struggled to stop the run somewhat. I like Tyreek Hill in the game as well. And Travis Kelsey is not on the injury report right now, which is good. So I like him in the matchup. With that being said, I'm picking the Chiefs and it's kind of reverse psychology on the Jaguars for this one. We'll take a quick step aside. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake up call. Fast break. Having peace of mind when you're out of town, that your furry loving friend is safe and sound, means taking them to Canine Campground. Because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to K9 Campground. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. 
unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us Central and Upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus, located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day, all complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. You are listening correctly. Don't get it twisted. We are every Thursday, but this week we moved up a day with Wake Up Call switching to video on Thursday and Friday as we will be out of the studio. So, Fantasy Football Power Hour, Hall of Fame, FantasyFootball.com with Mike Sofka, myself, Dan Tortora of WakeUpCallDT.com with the Fantasy Football tab. Plenty of information there. Brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub and the Penn and Trophy Center. Mike and I are going to run through these games for you right now. Broncos at the Jets, Mike. What do you got? Yeah, you know, I like the Broncos in this game. I think you can't rely on either quarterback, though. Both are bottom end, bottom of the barrel quarterbacks in in Darnold and Keenum. So I would try to stay away on the running back attack. Powell and Crowell are going to take take from each other. But 
Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay are going to kind of do the same thing, you know. But both of them appear to be well. I I, I think either any one of those four running backs are are uh, running back threes. So all four of them are running back threes. And uh, on the wide receiver front, you know, they go as the quarterbacks go. Quincy and Yuwa seems to be the the preferred target of Darnold, and you know, I like him the best over Robbie Anderson or Jermaine Curse. Terrell Pryor's been dinged up and hasn't shown up. Uh, tight ends haven't been uh, showing up in in New York and in Denver. You know, they, uh, Jeff Auerman looks like your option at tight end, but I don't think you can play him. The guy I like the best though is Emmanuel Sanders. I think he outshines Demarius Thomas. He's the two slash the three, and we're waiting. They're trying to get the ball to Cortland Sutton. It just hasn't really, you know, happened for him like it's happened for some other rookies throughout the league. So there's some spotty guys here in this game. Just be cautioned. You're not going to score a lot of fantasy points in this one. No, I, I would agree with you on this one. I'm taking the Broncos in this game as well. So, you know, ultimately, like you said, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay on one side for the Broncos. I, I don't like any of the Jets running backs. Isaiah Crowell, I mean, he was figured out after week one what he did against Detroit. I'm not sold on him. Quincy Inunua, to me, he's a, uh, he's, he's a wide receiver, too, for me this week. I've been underwhelmed by Robbie Anderson, but like I told you, every quarterback has their guy. And on the other side of it, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders just haven't put it forward. Cortland Sutton's another weapon. Case Keenum's got to figure out how to get the ball to these guys. In the meantime, Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay, the only guys I would suggest you play, but only if you have a couple guys ahead of them. Next matchup up that we had, I'm taking the Broncos. Next matchup up is Falcons at Steelers. What do you have for this? Yeah, I like the Steelers in this game. They're going to be led by a number one quarterback in fantasy this week in Ben Roethlisberger, even though him and Antonio Brown aren't seeing the eye to the eye. Up, they're missing guys, and he's going to have a field day, and he's going to put up some fantasy points. And you know, Matt Matt Ryan is a lot better. He's the number two fantasy quarterback this week on my rankings. So there's the top two quarterbacks right there. Plenty of fantasy points for you, and plenty of fantasy points from James Conner, number four on my rankings. Definitely an RB one. And Devonta Freeman supposed to be back this week, but I think they're going to bring him in slowly. I think Tevin Coleman's going to actually out touch him. So Tevin Coleman's your running back two, and Devonta Freeman's your running back three this week. Uh, I think on the receiver front, they're trying to make a conservative effort to get. Julio Jones some touchdown looks and get him some more targets and Calvin Ridley has been the touchdown machine leading the league in touchdowns if you're in a touchdown only league he's a must start but I think Julio Jones is your wide receiver one Calvin Ridley's not far behind as a wide receiver two and Mohamed Sanu is back as well so that's exciting if they could just get Austin Hooper more involved that would be a great thing for Atlanta and then you know you look on the other side of the ball there for the Steelers how about Vance McDonald just Farming people, throwing them down to the ground. Jesse James as well. Uh, Antonio Brown, he's, of course, going to be a wide receiver one for you. So there's going to be some fantasy points in this one. Should be an exciting game. Should be a lot of points because the Steelers' defense is, is having trouble as well. And, again, I like the Steelers in this one. Yeah, this game, this game could go either way. The Falcons don't play defense. The Steelers don't really play it either. I'm going with the Falcons in this game. I like Matt Ryan in the game. They're going to have to try and outscore each other. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I like him as well. And Julio Jones, you got to give him a look. And potentially Calvin Ridley is a flex guy. On the other side, Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner, Antonio Brown, and Juju Smith-Schuster. They're hard to keep off the list. 
but they got to figure out how to get more to them. I mean, good defenses, and not that Atlanta is, but they're keying in on these guys because they know that Le'Veon Bell's not there. James Washington is a flex guy for me this week. I think he could find his way into the end zone. Next one up is the Giants and the Panthers. What do you have for this? Yeah, I, I really like one quarterback in this game. That's Cam Newton. He likes some, some Cam, number three on my ranking. Eli, not so much. Number 27 on my ranking this week. And then when you go to running back, I think both running backs, that the Christian McCaffrey and Saquon, those are running back ones, definitely. Uh, wide receiver, you got to have Odell. I know they've been struggling to get in the ball. He's been letting his frustration show on the sideline. But he's the number five wide receiver on on the field at any time. He's a top five. So I definitely like Odell as a, as a wide receiver one. I think that the Panthers are struggling for that same identity. They would like a Funchess. They would like somebody to step up. It just it just really hasn't been happening. DJ Moore looks like he's going to be a solid guy. And if Torrey Smith can stretch the field, they're hurting because Greg Olson is out. Ian Thomas has been trying to get something happening. And Red Ellison's been trying to get something happening with Evan Ingram being out. So I think you're going to see some, some fantasy points in this game. I like the Panthers at home. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go, you know, in this one, they're at home. I'm going with the Panthers in this one as well. I think both teams have their problems. Saquon Barkley is your best bet with the Giants. Odell Beckham Jr., not a bad bet because he's going up against Carolina. Those are the two guys that I like in this game As far on the Giants side. As far as Carolina, you know that Cam Newton's going to call Cam Newton's number and Christian McCaffrey. Those are the two guys you can rely on if you're looking at fantasy, and that's all I have to say about that. It's plain and simple. Raiders at the Chargers, what do you have for this? Looking at, at this game for me, uh, plain and simple for the Raiders, Jared Cook, I told you to play him last week. I like him. Jordy Nelson, he's he's a wide receiver three for me. He still needs to do more. He's been rather quiet, but I like Jared Cook. I don't like a lot of the things that John Gruden's doing, but I do like Jared Cook. For the Chargers, they've been playing well. I like Phillip Rivers in the game. I like Melvin Gordon in the game. And, you know, I, I think with the Chargers, it's, it's tough with the Chargers when you look at, you know, as, as far as, 
who is the guy that you can really lean on as a wide receiver for the team? That's where it gets a little bit dicey for me because they do spread the ball around. And like I said, good for the team in reality and fantasy. It's tough. Mike Williams has done some good things. Keenan Allen only has one touchdown. So I think Melvin Gordon and Phillip Rivers are your best bet and maybe look to a Mike Williams or a Keenan Allen as a high-end wide receiver three. Next matchup up, we're going to run through these quickly. Vikings at the Eagles. What do you have for this? Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is going to outplay Carson Wentz, who's still on his way back, simply because Minnesota's defense is going to have to show up this week if they want to do something. I do like the Eagles in this game in Philadelphia, but I think Kirk Cousins is the bottom-end quarterback one, and I think Wentz is a mid-range quarterback, too. Dalvin Cook still coming back from injury. They got absolutely nothing from Latavius Murray when he's been out. They're going to slowly bring him back. He's a bottom-end running back, too, this week. And on the other side of the ball, they're going to mix things up so much, you're not really going to have a solid play. Your best play is going to be Jay Ajayi, number 17-ranked running back on my rankings this week. And and that's a guy that's playing with a broken back, by the way, so hats off to him for putting it out there. On the receiver front, Adam Thielen is a bottom-end Wide receiver one this week, and Diggs is a mid-range wide receiver two. And I, I think the Eagles are hoping Alshon Jeffrey can get back here, but you know he, they're going to slowly bring him back. I think he's a number twenty-seven ranked wide receiver on my rankings this week. And you know tight end wise, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a guy. He's a top end tight end one, and you know you got to throw Kyle Rudolph as a bottom end tight end one there. And again, I think Philadelphia wins this game. Yeah, I have it, and I have the Chargers in the last one, just to make a note. I have the Eagles winning this game as well. You know, Minnesota, both of these teams are going to throw the ball. That's what it's going to come down to because rushing the ball, you know, there's there's not a a ton that you can write home about. There's a lot of injuries. So Kirk Cousins, not a bad choice in this. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs been underwhelming, but I like Thielen and Rudolph, then Diggs after that. For Philadelphia, I like Carson Wentz, but he is, you know, to me, he's he's a quarterback too. Uh, Corey Clement, you know, you got to watch him on the injury report because he's usually good to go to. But Jay Ajayi, he's going to function on the fact that Everybody else is hurt that really was getting touches. So if someone's going to run, it'll be Jay Ajayi, but I still think he's a flex guy. He's a running back three for me this week. I'm not leaning on him too heavily. And Nelson Aguilar or Elshon Jeffrey, kind of a toss-up for me. They're low-end wide receivers for me this week, but they're your best bets for the Eagles. Cardinals at the Niners, what do you have for this? Yeah, I like the Niners in this game simply because they're at home, but I think they're going to be able to pressure a quarterback. I think they're going to be able to, to, to get after uh, a Rosen. I, I don't think Rosen's a play this week. And, you know, uh, on the other side of the ball there, I, I, I don't think C.J. Beathard is the play this week either. So no quarterbacks. I think the value in this game is totally in a running back. David Johnson, number eight on my ranking this week. And Matt Breda, number 15 on my ranking. Still nursing back from an injury, but I think he's obviously the guy – especially in PPR leagues as well. I don't think there's value in any receiver all the way around on the field here. I can't – Larry Fitzgerald stinged up. Christian Kirk hasn't done enough. There's no real tight end in Arizona. And Sam Brand, the guy I like the best, George Kittle. He's definitely a tight end one. He's been my dark horse, my sleeper guy. And the wide receivers, I know Marquise Wilson is back, but – he hasn't really shown me much, and with C.J. Beathard, I think it's just going to increase production for George Kittle, the tight end. And again, I like Sam Fran in this one. Yeah, this matchup for me, I'm going with the Cardinals. I think that Josh Rosen is going to get a touchdown out to Christian Kirk in this one. I think Kirk is a flex position guy for you right now, especially if you have some people off. 
So I'm not against putting him out there by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, so I do like Christian Kirk in this as a flex guy. I wouldn't put Rosen out there as my quarterback, but I'm interested to see what he can do. David Johnson, it's hard to keep him out there, but he is a running back too with this offense not really clicking right now. San Francisco, for me, I mean, there's there's obviously a lot to be said about the injuries that have happened. C.J. Beathard's better than I thought he was, but I would look to Matt Breda in this game and the wide receivers, there's really nobody I trust, so I'd have to lean on George Kittle as well. Rams at Seahawks, what do you have for this? Yeah, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley. I mean, the Rams are just loaded. Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup. Any one of these guys are number ones in their position here, so you can start these guys. I think the Rams are going to win. I think they're going to win big in Seattle. I think Russell Wilson is the guy that you can count on as a quarterback, too, simply because he always finds a way to get something done. But Seattle's been struggling running the ball. Chris Carson seems to be the guy, but then he gets dinged up. Mike Davis comes in, and I think that's an anomaly. Don't invest heavily in Mike Davis. I think Chris Carson's still going to be the guy. It's just he's going to be coming back slow. He's the number 33-ranked running back for me this week. And wide receiver-wise, you know, I think Doug Baldwin's supposed to be coming back. Tyler Lockett's been holding his own in his absence, though. And, you know, you look on uh, on the other side of the ball, like I said, the Rams just have it all across the board. Outside the tight end position, they're just loaded. And their defense plays real well as well. So I think the Rams are going to continue to roll, and they're going to win this one in Seattle. Yeah, I got the Rams. Uh, Seattle can't really do much of anything away from home. Uh, they did find a way to pull one off against Arizona, throwing Josh Rosen in there late. But I, I don't think that this Seahawks team is a good team. There's obviously a lot of issues going on. Case in point, Earl Thomas when he went off the field. So I like Jared Goff in this. I like Todd Gurley, Cooks, Woods, and Cup. I like them all in this. Tyler Higby, not a bad tight end, too, in my opinion, as well. For Seattle, Russell Wilson is, is somebody that you could potentially look to. I think he's a quarterback, too, this week. And I'm not really sold on any of their receivers, maybe a Doug Baldwin or a Tyler Lockett, but I, I don't like their rushing attack. Final two games, Sunday night football, Cowboys at Texans. What do you got? Yeah, Texans have a porous offensive line. Deshaun Watson is leading the league in sacks and hurries. I think he's been hit like 68 times leading the league. It's 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 just atrocious. And he, but you know he's a consummate professional. Big crack back block on a run with 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 the the, the uh, wide receiver there in. Uh, I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins with the big run play around the end. So. Deshaun Watson, you can play him. He's a quarterback one. Dak Prescott, not so much. But that's because of the pieces around him. Ezekiel Elliott is a must start. Lamar Miller, not so much. He's a running back two, bottom end running back two with that because of the poor line play. And that receiver, I definitely like DeAndre Hopkins. He's still a wide receiver one. And Dallas is searching for that wide receiver. I don't even think they have one on the roster. Maybe they signed Des Bryant back. And, you know, tight end. I don't see a tight end on either side that's really doing much right now. But I got to go with the home team here in the Texans. Yeah, I'm going with the Texans in this one. Plain and simple, Ezekiel Elliott on Dallas's side. They need to make the phone call. They tried to do the whole, we're better than you. The grass is greener on the other side. We don't need you, Des. And, yeah, they do. They desperately need Des Bryant right now. So Ezekiel Elliott is worth the play. On the other side of it for Houston, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller are worth the look in this one. I, I don't know, uh, Deshaun Watson, to be a starter for you in this game, maybe a quarterback too. Final game, and I'm picking the Texans. Final game, Redskins-Saints. What do you have for Monday Night Football? 
Yeah, I like the Saints in this one. They've always played well at home. Redskins have been surprising people, but you got to go with the Saints. And, you know, the Saints, of course, are led by Drew Brees. You know he's a top quarterback. You definitely have to start him. Alex Smith is kind of middle of the road. He's a top-end quarterback, too, for me this week. And, and you know, at running back, I, Alvin Kamara has been huge. Well, Mark Ingram's coming back this week. I still like Kamara as a one. I'll take Mark Ingram as a bottom-end, two, high-end, three, as they slowly get him back into the mix. Washington searching for that running back identity with Adrian Peterson being dinged up a little bit. Chris Thompson's going to have to step up more. I don't like either one of those guys as more than a running back three this week. And the same thing for receivers. You know, Crowder's got to step up. Paul Richardson's got to make something happen. Josh Dodson and Jordan Reed, he's still healthy and it's week five. I think you can roll him out there as a tight end one. And the Saints, well, the Saints just have one of the top receivers in the league in Michael Thomas, but he was all, all, all but shut out last week. So I like Michael Thomas again as a low-end wide receiver one. Ben Watson, Josh Hill, not so much in the tight end position, so be wary there. And again, I like the Saints at home. Yeah, I like the Saints in this game. Uh, Adrian Peterson, this is revenge against the Saints, so look for him in this game. Also look for Chris Thompson. Wide receiver-wise, really nobody I'm sold on in this matchup for the Redskins. For the Saints, I like Drew Brees in the game. I like Alvin Kamara. Mark Ingram coming back. He's at least worth a flex for you. Michael Thomas as well, and that's how it goes. Mike, as always, I appreciate it. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com is where you can find him 24-7-365. Thank you as always, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Take care. Happy fantasying for everybody out there. We'll be on video on Thursday and Friday as we will be off the air live here on MixLR.com backslash DT until after Columbus Day. So you'll hear us on Tuesday, October 9th. We can't wait to talk with you then. God bless. In the meantime, make sure you go to Facebook.com backslash DT, YouTube.com backslash DT to watch our videos, as well as on Twitter at DT. God bless you. Be well and have a great day.